The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's time for another episode of the Tumbling Saber Podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm Carlos. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another week at the Tumbling Saber Podcast table. How y'all doing? What's going on, boys? Not too much. Oh, you know, actually, I went to go see The Rise of Skywalker this week. Oh, yeah. Getting one in there before it uh, finally slithers out of theaters? Yeah, I kept I kept saying that. I was like, I really don't want to miss it before it goes, you know? We just don't know when. Then, yeah, me and my, uh, my girlfriend went. It was pretty awesome. Cool. Wanted to go too, but didn't have time. That's been my, that's been it. I mean, it's, it's, it's come down to time. I just can't find an afternoon on the weekend because that's the only time I'll do it uh, to to go see it. I, I actually have Kyle to thank for for mine in a way because I was supposed to babysit his kids because he was going to see Kevin Smith, and uh, yeah, like uh, my mother in law was over here, so when I called my girlfriend, I was like, uh. uh I don't have to babysit tonight. And her mom was like, no, I insist you guys go out. I was like, perfect. Yeah, my little, you were, you were, <laughs> I was, I was, the kids were looking forward to it too. Um, but yeah, my little guy got sick. So I was like, nah, I, I don't want Corey coming over here and bringing something home to, to the baby, to the whole family. So I was like, you know what? Forget it. I, I'll see if I can get my parents to come in and put them in front of the firing line instead. <laughs> you need to come over and see the baby. <laughs> so yeah yeah that, that was my week kevin smith that was that was a fun show nice he's such a good raconteur he answered like he did so he he, he chatted a bit before jane silent bob reboot kind of warmed up the crowd and, and prepped us for the movie and then uh, we watched the movie itself which is hilarious if you're a view askew fan and uh then at the end he take, does a q a and somebody the first question to him was is is harley quinn his daughter gonna be in any more kevin smith movies it took him 45 minutes to answer that question oh my god because <laughs> he just kept talking and talking about the movie because i'm sure he's got a bit and, and material almost like a comedian has like an act and so he'll take a question and then massage his act to that question because he could have just answered that question in 30 seconds flat Mm-hmm. instead he went all over the place like kevin smith does answering questions and uh, talking about how how so and so and this person that person got involved and if you if you listen to any of kevin smith's podcasts you've heard these stories before and i you know i was familiar with almost every word he had said so it's definitely a, a bit of a, a rehearsed act which you can't fault a guy for he's a he's a touring guy it's you know it's got to have some predictability to the act so he knows how long it's going to go and whatnot but uh yeah it was it was a fun night i, I i'm glad we got to do that but, uh, that that was really my week I, it has been a very very quiet week for me star wars related um you know, even social media wise like i just did not have energy time patience for 
any of it, especially on Twitter this week. The Facebook group, I'm always kind of in and out. But yeah, Twitter, I was taking a big step back this past week. But uh, that, that's going to change soon enough. But Carlos, what's going on with you? Um, uh, kind of busy, busy. Uh, a lot of work, a lot of uh, other stuff. I did the stand-up set uh, this week, Wednesday night. Um, you, you can check my Instagram. I uh, I posted a selfie from uh, from the Comedy Nest. Uh, probably be posting uh, another a live action shot, and hopefully uh, some videos if I get uh, if I'm able to to cut some little clips up. So uh, yeah, Instagram and Twitter. If you want to check that out, at the Funny Cardos. Cool. And um, uh, what else? Uh, my nephew's birthday today, and. Uh, uh, didn't have the kids this week, so it's uh, it was a little quieter uh, on my end for that. And I thank God <laughs> <laughs> I was able to recharge a little bit. Uh, it was a hectic, hectic weekend last weekend and uh, the beginning of this week. So, yeah, pretty good. Awesome. So catching Corey, up on some Clone Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we've kind of given ourselves that that assignment, which we'll get to in a bit. But it's it's been good. Like I've I've forgotten so many of these arcs and episodes it's been so nice to revisit them. Uh, but before we get to that, Corey, what's going on in the collection? Well, uh, ooh, actually, yeah, there was that. Uh, okay. <laughs> I did get the armor Funko Pop today. Sami Ma. My mom done picked it up for me. I was so happy. I was like, she's like, do you have the armor? I was like, I don't, mom. She's like, you do now. I was like, oh, ma, I love you. God bless me, man. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that was pretty nice of her. She, I mean, our big brunch, big brunch, big brunch this morning. That was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, what else? Yeah, I got this super sweet. Uh, like I got these Gap or Banana Republic gift cards for Christmas. And I'm like, okay, great. Like. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, this so this I, has I a went, Star Wars angle to it, doesn't? Does it? I hope it does. Yes. Okay. I, I went there and I was like, "What the What the hell am I going to buy at the Gap for Christ's sake?" You know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there was this super sweet Star Wars tee there, man. It was like this. It's got a really nice graphic on it, like old school, uh, kind of like the painted look. Anyway, nice. Super nice. Yeah. So I, I picked that up. That was that was sweet. Other than that, just uh, Marvel stuff and uh, DC stuff. Cool. That McFarlane line's pretty sweet. Have you? Did you jump into that? Yeah, a little. Just the animated stuff. I was going. Well, I, I was talking with you and Tim in a in a Twitter chat, and uh, I was asking Tim like, "Hyper Real Vader or three DC McFarlane figures?" And Tim was like, "Yeah." I was leaning towards DC, and Tim's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. go with the DC for sure." Like at that at the price point. It's my it's it's better value and I I agree with that. But I still didn't pull the trigger. I just I I feel like that I, I have like some Amazon money left over and I'm like, ah, why do I have to spend it now? Why can't I hang on to it? So I did. <laughs> I, I just backed away. I eased off the throttle. I actually deleted them all from my wish list, so I'm not tempted or as easily tempted. So nothing for me. Actually, you know what? I no, I I'm I'm lying. Uh, my my, I probably got the biggest bump to my little Funko collection that I've had. Uh, I added the new the the new Mandalorian, uh, the armorer, and the covert Mando. 
What's the new Mandalorian? Uh, number three, three forty-five. What do you mean? <laughs> What's this number three forty-five? Okay, well, the three twenty-six is the the original one. Uh-huh. Where he's, he's wearing his uh, his regular armor. Oh, the new revamped Beskar. Correct. Correct. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh it's a, they're both nice figures, and I, the reason, the, really, the only reason. I mean, I talked about it last week of how I wanted to f- kind of get into that little niche because this Mando merch is so tough to come by here. Um, my son was like freaking out. He he wanted a, a Mando. He had to have a Funko Mando. So we went on the big hunt looking for the first one. Couldn't find it anywhere, and I just I had learned that there was a new one coming out this past week. So I ordered a, not one, but two. So I had to do that. And that one, but two. <laughs> Can't yeah. tell me these things. No, no, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's burning you up, isn't it? It's burning you up. Yeah. Oh, I, I need a mando. <laughs> At least it got me mad. Hey, hey, Corey, grow up, eh? <laughs> Bringing it around. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, the quote is nice. <laughs> but all, but also, just grow up, eh? <laughs> I think it's gonna. Get, we're gonna get some use out of that. Yeah. Oh Jesus! <laughs> we maybe we should make it. Uh, oh, we should make a T-shirt of that. Oh man, that would be awesome! <laughs> Oof. Man, if I wasn't so god dang lazy, I'd make a T-shirt of that. You know what? You should. Th- th- it should be with the Nike swish, though. <laughs> just grow up, eh? I mean, that's when you could just make in a different, a bunch of different styles. Oh yeah. Oh man, uh, I might get on that. Yeah, we should do that cross promote. <laughs> Actually, it's a good time to do it too because. Uh, T Public this week from the 11th to 13th. Listen to me talking about T Public. My <gasps> God, uh, from the Will 11th sale? to 13th, they're having a big sale, like 13 dollars shirts. Oh, nice. $13 t-shirt. So if you ever fancied uh, an Oh Jesus t-shirt or a Tumbling Saber t-shirt or any of the fine pods from the Kong's Star Wars Gun Commonwealth, Wild. nobody's I, ever I'm bought a, me up one of those. Nobody's ever bought I'm, one. I'm, that's gonna about to change. Oh. Shit, look at that. So yeah, anyway, th- uh, $13 t-shirts and up to 35% off everything else. So I'm going to, p- I'll, I'll put a link to that in the Facebook group and on Twitter on the 11th this week. So when, when this pod releases to the public, I, I will definitely do that. Um, you know what you yeah. should do? You, you should hook your nephew up some for his birthday. Oh, I'm sure he'd super appreciate a podcast for... A t-shirt of a podcast that he won't he know a won't, thing he about. He won't shut up about it. He, he oh, won't shut up about it. Oh, I you're want about one it. of those shares. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want him to get beat up. What's that shirt say? Tumbling Saber. What is that? It's a podcast. Nerd! <laughs> <laughs> I have a Sith Disturber shirt. I, I think it's awesome. I, I, I have to get myself a, a, a new Tumbling Saber t-shirt with the new logo. I think Rick's got one and Nathan has one. What's that great? great. Oh, I have the old one actually. No, I have like four of the old one. Yeah, I I gotta get myself a new one. I guess as the guy who made the logo, I should probably support it in that way. But no, Rick got the uh, three quarter length sleeve. It looks awesome. 
Um, all right. So, Carlos, anything new for you this week in terms of Lego? No. 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 <laughs> it's just one of those weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's going to be a couple of weeks probably before anything. Uh, before I even think about doing anything, I have to buy a new car. So. Oh well, jeez. Sh- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't let Lego stand in the way of that. No, I can't drive Lego to work. Unfortunately. Although, you know, uh, uh, Johnny Orm from the Life, uh, my Light Star Wars Life Debt pod and blog, he posted in our in our group. And it was like he, the, the new wave or an upcoming wave of Lego stuff. And I was just so bummed. It's it's the helmets. Which might look cool, but. I guess, like I said in the post, like I'm like, ah, it just kind of exposes how narrow-minded I am when it comes to Lego. Like, I'm just a vehicle guy. Sometimes a playset guy, depending on the setting, but mostly a vehicle guy. And I'm just, I have zero interest in in helmets, Lego helmets. Yeah, the busts, right? Yeah. There's a couple coming, yeah. Not much interest for me on that one. That's oh, I find they're nice display, man. No, they're definitely a nice display, and they're they're a lot better than what they what they used to be uh, fifteen twenty years ago. Uh, but you're gonna get a Grievous's ship, which is gonna look pretty cool, actually. His fighter from Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, yeah, Grievous's uh, Grievous's fighter. I wonder if they That's... ever do the malevolence. Imagine that, like a UCS malevolence. Holy cow, that'd be cool. Oh, but I do have some news about Lego. They, a Lego group actually, um, they did a um, a fan vote for an upcoming UCS set, and it was between the Nebulon B. Medical uh, frigate? The medical frigate, the, uh, the Thai bomber, and the uh, Republic gunship. And uh, the Republic gunship won. So we're in the next year, I guess, uh, we're going to get a UCS Republic gunship. Cool. First non-OT UCS set in 10 years. Wow. Yeah. So that's interesting. I think that's uh, that's some cool news. Yeah, that's yeah, for sure. That's that is going to look rad. And we're we're almost uh, I'm not going to say guaranteed, but uh it's looking more and more like um we're going to get some type of Razor Crest. Probably two different Razor Crests in the next year. Stripped by Jawa's Razor Crest at seventy-two pieces plus. Uh, no, uh, well, no. I, I you can do that yourself if you have Jawa's. Probably a, a seven, seven to eight hundred piece set and a microfighter. Oh yeah, microfighter. Yeah, that's that'd be pretty cute, and a good way to get a Mando figure without having to buy that uh, ATST. Oh, you can get the Mando figure from. Uh, oh no, it's not the Mando in the in the the battle pack, right? It's just Mandalorians. It's just for Mandalorians. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good. Uh, that's a good point. But that ATST is pretty cool, though. It is. Yeah, it is pretty nice. You get Cara Dune in, in that set as well. Yeah, yeah, it's good value. Uh, all right, moving on. Moving on. Out of the collecting update. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty quiet out there right now. But the, that 40th anniversary line, it's it's not too far off. It's like we're only maybe two months away from having to jump into that. So save your pennies, folks. All right. So uh, the only real news this week came via the Disney investor call from last Tuesday. You know, it was kind of like the last chance of 
that report about uh, Disney announcing a director for the 2022 Star Wars movie. Maybe some people think maybe that announcement would would be rolled into that. Uh, the news would be rolled into the into the investor call, but it was not. Uh, nevertheless, Iger did have a bunch of interesting things to say uh, of particular interest to Star Wars fans. Uh, he said that the Mandalorian season two will debut in October. Uh, he said that the Mandalorian will go on beyond season two, which I don't know where you guys sat with that, but uh, you know, hell yeah, bring it! No, no, I, I don't know if you if you were thinking in your head like is season two the end or how long will this go? We know we, at least we know it goes three seasons. Uh, and most okay. interestingly, he hinted that it's possible that we'll see characters from the Mandalorian in their own show. Which which is interesting, to say the least. So he said, uh, there's the possibility of infusing the Mandalorian with more characters and taking those characters in their own direction in terms of series. Which is, well, I don't know. What, what's, what do you think, Carlos? Is that something you'd be eager to see? Or are you happy just to get your dose of that world from that show and let's go elsewhere? Um, I'd like, I'd like different pies to put my fingers in, Uh, you know, like if you, if you're going to give me, uh, if you're going to give me a blueberry pie, like, uh, give me an apple crumble and not a strawberry rhubarb. You know what I mean? No. No. All I'm trying to say is. (laughs) Like let's have. I think I know what you're trying to say. It's like, let's have the Mandalorian show, but also let's have a show about something completely different, not yes. at all related. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's pretty much it. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I like my analogy though. It was funny. Uh, <laughs> now I'm thinking about pie. I know. <laughs> it's my gift. <laughs> um. Oh Jesus! Um, what about that app you were thinking of? Yeah. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Pass this part. Oh, An app boy. about pies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, you just you got me totally off my train of thought there. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was funny. Um, yeah, no, def- definitely different. Like. Give us more, and then if you want to go back uh, to nibble on uh, on a fruit pie, then and you want to, <laughs> then <laughs> then we then we can do that. You know what I mean? But like, so I, I like the fact that we're already getting. So we got the Mandalorian, which is in one time, which is one in one era, and we know for a fact we're getting the Cassian Andor, which is in another era, um, and the Obi Wan which is completely separated from whether even if those errors overlap a little, it's the, the worlds don't touch. Yeah. Um, so I'm cool with that. And what I really want is something. Uh, what I really want. I just want more star Wars, but like, I would prefer that give us a lot of different little things, you know, find your niche. And if you want to expand from that later on, then that's fine. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. That is, Corey, where are you at? Yeah, I'm kind of on the same page as well. I mean, it depends who they choose and why. And but if anything, I would like the tone of the show to be. If they do choose someone from the show, I'd like the tone of the show to be very different 
You know, I don't want the same thing with another character. I don't know where they would take it. Like at this point, the only two people I can really think of would be either Cara Dune or the armor. Uh, I don't know. It really depends. They, like you just said, they, they feel like they're going to infuse the show with more characters. And, and this is never going to get old, but uh, I don't want things to be forced. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like I'm kind of on the same page as you guys, but I'm okay with it. Depending on, again, it's always pending how they do it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, <clears throat> Cara Dune is, is that obvious choice, I think. Like, there's not a tremendous amount of people to choose from in season one that might kind of fit the bill as, as somebody to like dive into. Cara Dune, I think, is probably that character that to, to do that. Um, I mean, Moff Gideon is also a nice... Like, if you can, if you can give a Moff Gideon, like, prequel... Like how, how does he get the dark saber and all that stuff? Like there's a that's, lot, there's a lot going true. on there. Yeah, I would. That's true. I, I, like, would, we never I would love think to see about, how, like, how that came into being. I don't know if we need to show specifically about him to do that, but yeah, I would love to see how he got that for sure. But in general, like uh, it'd be cool if we eventually get sooner rather than later, like uh, an empire type show. You know what I mean? Like told like from the from, perspective of the empire. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to do that. I mean, they've done that in the books and it was like, it, that was uh, lost stars, which was primarily told from the Imperial point of view. That was lost stars, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, eventually Thane flips and, and now his POV is, is through the rebel Alliance. But yeah. It's, it's interesting to see the direction that, that uh, Lucasfilm took in that regard and, and, humanizing the empire in a lot of respects i wonder if they would do that in a tv show i really do wonder but yeah i mean going back to cara dune i think there's some cool stuff you could do with her you know you know showing her as a drop trooper wrecking shop with some imperials and then her transition as 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 the kind of transition to the new republic you know what was it about like what flaws was she seeing in that government that made her kind of want to back away? So I, I think there's some intriguing stuff to dig into there. I just don't know that I need a, a series about it. I, mean, I, I guess when you when they show me a trailer, I'll probably do a backflip. But I, I almost think like this, a, a Cara Dune thing might be a great way to test like the straight to Disney Plus movie concept. Like I could de- definitely deal with a Cara Dune movie on Disney Plus. That to me makes a lot of sense. Even the armor to me makes sense. Just like if you get kind of the bit of the backstory, or if you want to move forward with the story, like how does she continue to build the Mandos? Or I, I mean that 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 story's still not told yet in the Mandalorian, but I don't know. She seems heavy. <laughs> Yeah, there's I'm sure there's some stuff you could do with her too. Um I would have said Fennec Shand if we got more of her. And then there's there's Grief Karga and the the bounty hunters. Could, you know, could it be like a, a an ensemble type show, Grief Karga and the bounty hunters? Mm. It's not uh it's another one, Can yeah, it, you have to see it. Doesn't inspire me. Yeah, it's, yeah, I don't find that a very inspiring choice. 
Yeah. Anyway, possibility of some Mandalorian like, I love, stuff. I love the fact that Cara Dune is from Alderaan. Yeah. Like that, I I think that like just gives it more cachet, you know. Yeah, because you know you got to imagine that she some at at this point, or at, at some point, idolized Leia, and just thought the world of her, and then you well, know, yeah, Leia gets into government. The rebellion, right? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Maybe they somehow knew each other a little bit, and then somehow, I mean. Kara would know that Leia was was right at the head of this government, but yet she still steps away from it because she just didn't like the shape of it, the smell of it, and what would that do to her opinion of Leia? Or maybe she was Han's side piece. Uh oh, Cara Dune's what? raised mother. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, remember that? Remember those days when everybody was raised mom? Ugh. <laughs> Thank God that's over. Yeah, seriously. But we still well, don't I'm still know pretty her. Curious. We need to know. We need to know her name. It's a Queel show. Ugh. Oh. Come on. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. I would watch Queel show. I know you guys would too. Yeah, he's awesome. He is. Poor guy. He is awesome. He's worked three of our human lifetimes of service to earn his freedom. Imagine how much you can, mileage you can get there. Three lifetimes. There's a lot of quill just waiting to be told. True. <laughs> I think he's on the... his time during the Empire. Because he's kind of like a good guy, right? And he's forced into that labor. So you can kind of tell it through that perspective and maybe get away with it. Yeah. Uh... You, you, you think he spent some time uh, on Bespin? Or in Cloud City? I bet he'd probably talk about his his uncle uh, Puil, who did, <laughs> and he'll talk about. Doesn't the he play outfield for the Dodgers? Uncle Puil. Oh, Pu- uh, Yaz- Yaziel Puig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I'm just. We're just. We're done. We're not going to talk about this anymore. I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice, my Medicare, myhealthpolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to myhealthpolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, myhealthpolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurer agent myhealthpolicy.com um all right we're, we're we're going back to the clone wars now uh we've been last week we started with the mortis arc just talking about our favorite arcs in in this series um ones that we think may be important or whatnot 
this week, Corey, you're you're up to the plate here. Which arc are you choosing and why? Well, first, just first and foremost, like anyone watching the series right now, if you don't think you have time to if you have Disney Plus, you don't think you have time to go through the entire series. I've, I just saw today that they have 20 essential episodes of viewing, like leading up to episode uh, season seven. And I noticed that the last, I think, five or six are basically the end of season five, like the last all those last episodes. So that's obviously going to be quite pertinent. But some of these episodes that I've chosen chosen are in that that top twenty. Uh, so I'm there's no name to this arc. I'm going to call it the Domino Squad arc. Uh, it's, it's super awesome. There's a re, uh, multitude of reasons why I chose it. So basically, we're going to talk about uh, the first episode is going to be Cadets, which is season three, episode one. Uh, then we're going to go back to season one, episode five for. Uh, show entitled Rookies and then we're going to hop back to season 3 episode 2 for the finale Arc Troopers uh, it I just really annoys me that they did that by the way it's kind of odd it but really I kind of like me. it it's a bit of a loophole and that's one of the reasons why I chose it obviously like well, hold on it bugs you that he did this no that Corey did this no it bugs me that you know, frankly I had to expect that he'd pull some kind of shit like this but <laughs> that they would do this that Lucasfilm would would construct the series this way like let's tell part 1 in season 3 and then back up into season 1 and tell part 2 it's weird to me it's a it's a weird way to approach it why not just tell it sequentially anyway keep going Corey well i kind of like that they did it like that you know it's it's, it's interesting not everyone knows that so maybe we're kind of enlightening people like because it does if you watch season one, episode one and two, uh, season three, episode one and two back to back, I guess you can kind of get the gist of the story a bit, but you're really missing something there. So like last week, Carlos decided to choose the, the Mortis trilogy, which I thought was super important. I'm glad he chose that. We had to kind of get that out of the way. Super heavy force dive, you know. But this time I wanted to go around and do something this is the show is the Clone Wars, right? So uh, let's talk about the clones for a bit. And I think this this arc really is the epitome of that. You know, like there were so many other arcs. This was so hard to do, man. Like honestly, when you really sit down and think about it, like what do you want to talk about, man? There, there was at least like five other episodes or arcs that I could have talked about. But uh, anyhow, hopefully you choose a good one, Kyle. But it, it gives you a peek behind the curtain of what the clone troopers are in a way. And I find that really interesting. The Domino Squad is, I don't know, they're, there's something about them in particular that's super cool. You know, like it gives us that peek behind the curtain. Like the various stages, this whole arc, you know, you, you get cadet, rookie, arc trooper, right? It's pretty right in your face. There's all kinds of other things. Like uh, they talk about the 501st. You can see that, you know, when you watch the movies, the the clones that was kind of like uh like I didn't like them they were like not good you know you, you don't really get a good sense of Django Fett like he kind of seems like a bit of a dick <laughs> and the clones they kind of seem like robots in a way you know like just like the the droid troopers in a way so this show really gives them individuality and the uniqueness they're each super dynamic and like you really see their vulnerabilities in these episodes as well you know. So I don't know, like, what else? Ugh. Dude, 
I just want to say thank <laughs> George Lucas for, you know, doing this show just for those reasons. And thank the maker for D Bradley Baker, man. Cause yeah, this shows, Oh man, it's amazing. This guy's the bomb, man. And again, like just watching the series again, like this, like not chronologically the loophole. I, I find that really interesting. It's sneaky. It's a bit clever. I don't know. So what else can I say about it? Yeah, I guess. Well, what do you guys think? Like, the, did you did you know previ- prior to this, Kyle, that that was the the way this arc ran chronologically? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, we had started the rewatch a few weeks ago, and so I was like, I, it was in my head years ago too. But now, you know, it, it's all it's all coming rushing back now. So I, I was like, wait a sec. This episode's here, and then that episode's there. So yeah, it was it was definitely there, but it's yeah, it's a cool arc in that it's it, there's nothing really tricky about it. You know, it's not not to say that it's not a powerful arc because it is. It's got it's got a lot to say about the clones, but it's you, there is sort of that very simple linear trajectory of, of this arc where it's you know they start out as as cadets, they're in training on Camino, and they're just a complete train wreck they're a disjointed mess they they're arguing and they're fighting on this fake battlefield they can't get anything right they all want to be a one-man show they're not working together there's no strategy and and you see and by the end that all changes and I, I, yeah i think it's cool but i don't see how it happens it's well i, I kind of see it it's like basically they kind of come to the realization, like the quote at the beginning, the quotes are always the morale of the story, right? So brothers in arms are brothers for life. When the, when the show starts, like, what is, let me ask you guys this. Like you guys are nineties kids. That kind of gives the answer away, but what does that arena remind you of? It's the holodeck on star Wars, uh, star Trek. For me, it reminds me of the holodeck. Remind me of American bit, gladiators. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's true too. Yeah. With the tennis balls, remember? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Nit- Nitro picking off all these poor saps. Yeah, that was glorious. Oh, God, I missed that show. <laughs> no, but it but, does also have that holodeck feel, right? Like, yep. the, yeah, the yeah, training the pattern. The, yeah. For sure. I love that. So anyway, like, you get these, the Domino Squad, right? They're, who do we have? Heavy, cut up, droid bait, fives, and echo. Like they're a bad batch, but they each some of them who who has fives already has been named in this, and I think believe Droid Bait as well. But the other ones, they all get their name. You know, they all kind of come to the realization throughout the episode. Like, uh, you know, the guy who's teaching them, Brick, doesn't like them. He, he's to, always talking crap against them, and he's a bounty hunter. Like, we yeah, I like that. that. Yeah. Did you guys cool. notice that he they actually named the planet Mimban in this episode? They, yes, they reference Mimban in the episode. Yeah. episode. They they did they did drop name drop Mimban in there, which was which was cool. I mean that that's that's a callback to Splinter of the Mind's Eye, I think. Well, it's also in Solo. Well, yeah, definitely in Solo, but I mean, obviously, the Solo was not in the works. Unless, you know, I, well, it may have been, been a glint in. George's eye when they made these episodes. No, no I, th- I think they probably named Mimban in Solo because it was mentioned 
in the Clone Wars. I think it's reversed, engineered that way. And yeah, it could have been taken from Splinter in the Mind's Eye first, yeah. But either way, like, you see these guys, like, what's his name? LS and Shakti. Yeah, I love, I love seeing Shakti involved. I forgot yeah, I I her. In this. Like, her reasoning behind things, when you see them talking about, like, their worth, these droids, uh, these troopers' worth, like you said, Kyle, they're always arguing with each other. They're not, they're not a cohesive unit yet. They're always fighting with one another. Um, so, like, you start seeing that in this conversation, like you get the first mention of a bad batch. Like Brick says, like, oh, they're another bad batch. Send them down to maintenance. You know what I mean? And the bad batch, like that, that's awesome stuff. Um, well, what's, what is Brick's deal anyway? Like, he's a, well, he's a bounty hunter, but like well, they, kind they, of ex- they needed somebody to replace Django. Well, no, no, they basically said that like the Jedi had been spread thin, so they can't really use them all the time to train the troops. So, you know, they're, they're bringing in kind of these trusted, experienced people that they know. But you really get the impression that the uh, the troopers are easily expendable, you know. Even from Shakti's point of view, she's like, LS is really kind of rooting for them, saying, like, no, they just need to kind of find find something, you know, that's going to make them come together. And Shakti's kind of just like, eh, I don't know. It's kind of running out of time. And Brick's like, let's get rid of them. So there's that whole thing. Well, Which is, like, is kind of interesting. I found Brick a strange character because I, I found some like incongruency to his character. Like, there's a, there's a moment where he he he's really pushing Cut up, Lit- almost literally. Like, li- yeah, he was pushing him physically. Yeah, you know, he's yeah he's telling him to hit him because he wants he wants them to drop out. He wants them to fail and become a bad batch. He's not for some reason that she doesn't like them. Right, but it, there's a point in the episode he goes. Well, like, why does he care so much? Is my question. Like, he he only he said he only cares that he gets paid. So what? Like, what is he paid by? Is he paid by clones that? Like, you would think that if he gets paid paid by you know the squad that graduates, he would just, yep, they're they're through. Graduate him, graduate him, pay me. Instead, he seems to almost care about quality control, which is weird. Yeah, it kind of kind of doesn't go go. He didn't it didn't fit together. Like his words and his actions didn't always fit together. Like I guess, yeah, so, yeah even by the end, but the, the, he's he's kind of like okay with it. Well, he he sabotages their mission, right? Like their their final training test. He yeah. st- he steals their ascension guns or he sabotages them or whatever. Like, yeah. Then when when Shaq T lets the clones kind of work through this sabotage and, and adapt, it's one of the things that she says they can't. These guys don't adapt. She wants to see if they will adapt to this this thing because in war, you know, you, you got you got to figure it out. Yeah, because like LS is like, oh, we have to like this is cheating. We have to stop the test, and but he's that, like the separatists, like whatever they want. And this is where it boils down to my problem with this brick character because they pass the test, they do adapt and figure it out, and you then you would think finally, okay, they passed. You'd think brick would finally be satisfied because one way or another, now he will get paid. Instead, he's kind of like, bah. he pat, he's he's like he's morose about it. I I, I just find the character unclear. Yeah, I get you. He's just like a part of the plot, I guess, to move it forward. You kind of need that guy to, I don't know, they'll get their name. Like he gives cut up his name in that fight, kind of, where he's telling him to hit him. You're a real cut up. Yeah. (laughs) Why, thank you, sir. For what? For giving me my name. (laughs) 
Yeah, and I think that's one thing. Like, the squad only seems to excel once they get their names. Like, once they drop the CT name yeah, and, and start to see each other as individuals and accept each other as, as a person instead of just a product, that's when they start to really come together. And you get the – you get them – they kind of – they see Clone Commander uh, Colt and Bravo Squad and how good they are as well. Yeah. And it kind of gives you that comparison level there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I we see I see all that. I just don't see what made them become a team. Yeah, they do it. This, I, it's the classic Star Wars thing, right? They just kind of yeah, they've magically come together. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. like you said, Kyle. Like they, they each kind of that that night, three of three of the five kind of dropped their CT designation and kind of they're all individuals. And they're just like kind of well, you know what else? The other the biggest one out of those is heavy. Heavy tries to go a wall. Yeah, he tries, he tries to, to get out, and, and ninety nine stops him. Yeah. yeah, so he ninety nine gives him the speech about how never he never even had the chance, you know, kind of touches heavy. He, hey, he names heavy. Do you think Filoni was taking a swipe at Gretzky as a as a Mario Lemieux fan? Do you think he put put ninety nine as this like yeah. little wretched decrepit clone? As a, I don't know. As a little subtle jab at Gretzky. I don't know. It kind of makes sense too. It's kind of a bit of like an <laughs> awkward number, you know what I mean? Like it sounds like, uh, like if out of a batch of a hundred, you're gonna get one of the ninety nines, you know? Oh, he's got a heart of gold, though. Yeah, he's the best. So anyway, he he keeps calling him heavy. He's like, stop calling me that, you know? And finally accepts that that's his name, and he is the leader of that group, and he takes the lead into the last thing, and everyone really listens and follows that time. There's the cohesion. Yeah, but why? There. Uh, I don't know. They all just went through their trial, I guess, and this this was it. This was the, their last chance. They were I, under I the gun. They they were good enough. Like they they said from the beginning, man. Like we're better than all these guys. Like why can't we just do it? You know, it's because Echo was always yammering in their ear. <laughs> yeah, what, I think why did he not? Why did he not do that after? Like the, I'm, all I'm saying is, it's a little, it's a little shoddy in the writing. Like I, I'm. I'm not. I'm, I don't know. It's the premiere look, I'm not, I'm season not here, three. I'm not you know, here to so crap a... on. I'm not here to crap on 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 uh, Clone Wars. I mean, it, I think it was pretty cool and just you know, it's a kids show. You you don't need to get into the specifics like that. Like picking apart Brick's character and stuff like that. Like you know, you just got to go with the flow in something like this, and it it tells that tale of just this group going through training. Kind of like I don't know. It gives. A real beautiful peek behind the curtain, in my opinion, man. Especially the way they tied it all together with 99. Well, I mean, if you look at something like Star Trek, like the, the Kobayashi Maru test, which has no – there's no win in that test, yeah, it's right? A, it's, 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 it's an unwinnable, unwinnable proposition, yeah. Like Star – like that Star – you almost expect to see something like that in, in this arc where the, the, the tangible battlefield tactic or strategy that they will employ to win, that's – kind of where my head was at at a certain point because I, I had the same sort of thing at, at, as Carlos. It's like, well, suddenly they're just a team. And I'm like, oh, that's, yeah, that's very Star Wars. Like, they they got their names, they became brothers, and they recognized one another as people. That's that's the Star Wars of it. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. That's all we need. Yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> it, it, it is what it is, right? You know, it's a 22-minute show. Well, that, <laughs> that, and it. it's that too. Like, it's 22 minutes. We gotta We got to move. Uh, anyway, so we got to move into uh, the next chapter. Was was into season one, Corey? 
Yeah, you backtrack to season one, episode five, show, uh, episode entitled Rookies. And again, we get the quote that says, the best confidence builder is experience. So true. So this Domino Squad, again, we didn't really mention why they were called Domino Squad, but I think it's kind of easy to ascertain. But it's because they fell so easily one by one, time and time again. But anyway, I love that name, Domino Squad. It's so cool. So again, the deploy, deployed on the Rishi Moon, and they're bored out of their skulls. The Rishi Moon's like this listening post in the outer rim, uh, close to Kamino, and Kamino is actually like super vital, obviously, to the Republic. What a logistical nightmare! Like, why would you do that? <laughs> Put your troops out there. Anyhow, um. <laughs> and again, you, you could plan a much better invasion at that point if you could, like, from a risk standpoint. Like, why move them from that point back to the center, you know, surround? Wouldn't it have been Anyhow. so much better to have your cloning facilities either distributed to other planets so there's not one single target or move those facilities underwater? Yeah, something. I mean, they're, well, now or they're ra- like erase these... the planet from existence. <laughs> or, or that. Then again... Who erased it from existence and who knows exactly where they are and who is that person leading? <laughs> exactly. And instead, they all, there were like these facilities on, on these g- giant, super vulnerable sticks. <laughs> Talk about dominoes. Knock over a few of those sticks and it's all over. But yeah, you're right, Corey. Like they're, they're on this Rishi outpost network station listening. Uh, it's sort of like a outpost to kind of guard Camino overall, right? That's sort of the objective of, of that outpost. More or less. It's it's a listening post, but that is the main objective, yeah. And and Separatists now have this plot to uh, assault the listening station, take it over, and then from there uh, covertly move on to Camino and destroy the cloning facilities. So that was sort of the, the gist of the maintain, episode. Maintain the all clears code like so that that doesn't get disrupted. Yeah, like the the base cool. The base transmits an all clear code to the to the republic and the minute that code changes, it's a signal to the republic that separatists have broken through and Camino's now in danger. So the so the separatists wanted to just get in there, take over the base quickly, keep that all clear signal going, and then they could hit Camino undetected. I think yeah, that that's pretty much the goal. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, we we're ju- we just start to get to know these members of Domino Squad, and we, and we start losing a couple of them like pretty early. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like <laughs> I was gonna save this to the end, but it's like, did you know that sixty percent of clones, clone troopers, won't make it out of their first mission? It's probably not a incorrect stat. <laughs> I mean, heavy goes down, uh, cut up goes down. Droid bait, droid bait gets it right at the beginning. Like as the droid commandos kind of, I, I like how they come too. Like the droid commandos hit the planet with like um, they hide themselves within meteors. That's very uh, uh, starship troopers. Yeah, starship troopers. It's also yeah. kind of like uh, Ender's Game Transformers. Yeah, true. It's true. Yeah, I, I like that kind of invasion tactic. I think it's interesting. But uh, that, that's kind of cool. And these droid commandos, man, those guys kick some serious ass. Like it's – I don't know why the – I guess they're really expensive to build. I don't know. But they get back up, you, huh? Tough dude, armor. they do all kinds. 
tough, tough hides on those those commando droids, and they're they're pretty tough in Battlefront too. They did they, well, anyway. They took over the base right quick, man. So like like you said, Kyle, like who gets away? They got cut cut up. Heavy echo. Droid bait. Droid bait gets lost. He's done. Oh, you're talking but, about survivors. Yeah, well, like when they escape the base, kind of. Then you see cut up is the first to go out of that. The, the remaining guys from that uh, slug, the whatever. Gi- yeah, the giant snake that lives in the mountainside. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he he gets screwed. But you also find out kind of at the beginning of the episode, you know, there's kind of that saving grace and that wild card in the sense that. Rex and Cody are on their way for an inspection. And something I like, again, that kind of brings to the fore the relationship, the dynamic between Rex and Cody and Anakin and uh, Obi-Wan. Because, yeah, because like Anakin, you know, him and Rex are like their boys and Cody and Obi-Wan work together. And you can see their styles kind of play off into one another, you know? Mm -hmm. Like at one point, Rex, like his commanding officer is Cody and He's just like, he's like, I'm always first. You know, like, <laughs> so Rex. Love it. But, but there's also the um, uh, Obi-Wan uh, alludes to Anakin not being able to sleep. And how he's not sleeping, like, trying to find Grievous. Yeah. Yep. Anakin's... Yeah, it's a trying time for Anakin. When is it not? Drama queen. <laughs> But yeah, it's I I think you know the the main thing of this arc or this episode in relation to the clones and their growth is that uh, they don't know what to do. Like once, uh, you know, once heavy and droid bait and cut up, once they're gone, leaving just Echo and Fives as as the only survivors of the group, like they're lost. They don't know what to do. Well, that's the best part too. It's like they come right out of this training, right? And then when they get to the base, they're all talk and they're talking about needing some action and blah blah blah. They finally get their action, but this is another cool little term that we learned throughout the Clone Wars. But do you remember what what's a rookie called in Star Wars? The clones? Yeah. The shinies. Yeah, shinies. I love oh, yeah. that. Their armor's all nice and shiny, like the shinies. So you kind of get that too. It's it's neat, you know. They they it's true. Like they don't know what to do, and luckily Rex and Cody are there for them. Yeah, like they they assume leadership of the of the well the four of them, and show them the way. But and that's critical, right? Because you know they're they're champing at the bit for some action. They get it, and they they get their rears handed to them, and they need somebody oh, else yeah. to come in and sort of bail them out. So they were they were done for. Yeah, classic rookie mistake, man. Like they they did their best. At least they escaped the base, but yeah, they were definitely done for. That's for sure. Poor cut up. <laughs> poor poor cut up. Anyway, so so in in the finale of this mini arc, uh, season three, episode two. Arc oh, Troopers. oh, you got more to say for, for the other one? Well, I think one thing we need to mention again, like in heavy sacrificing himself, we also we should have mentioned previously in the last episode when. They finally graduate from the academy. Heavy gives his medal to 99. Like they have a real deep connection, those two. And the way that Heavy sacrifices himself to basically what they do is they destroy the base so that the all clear signal stops. It's their only it's the only way. Oh, he does the Bruce and, Willis from Armageddon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like, Heavy! Heavy! <laughs> no! <laughs> so good. So anyway, as soon as the the 
the signal gets cut, boom, Obi-Wan and Anakin show up within seconds, man. I love that speed of plot. Like Grievous's fleets there, they're ready to start the invasion and nope. Like Anakin and Obi-Wan are there within seconds. Well, I mean, it happens anyway, right? The invasion. It's just that now it's not a it's not a secret. Yeah, it's, well now the listening post is down, so it but, probably happens within a week or something, we'll say. I mean, yeah, the separatists just they just plow right ahead. Now can we go into the, the finale? Arc troopers? Do it. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, well, you gotta start with the quote. I don't have the quote. You read the quote. I, I got it. Fighting a war tests the soldier's skills. Defending his home tests the soldier's heart. So good. So poignant. Yeah, it's appropriate. I mean, so like coming out of the second episode, the separatists just plow right ahead with their assault on, on disabling Camino. Like this episode is just all action. Like it's, I think it, I, this must be one of the most ass kicking episodes of the entire series. Yeah, there's some good stuff. You, you, you get it all too. You get <laughs> underwater on, on land and in the sky. Yeah, they get the the uh, Awas, the Iwas, those flying whales that we that we see in Attack of the Clones. They get into the action. Uh, there's underwater dirigibles and and underwater battle droids. It's, there's some cool stuff in these episodes. Uh, but I, I, this is the episode where ninety nine really shines. Like yeah, in, in this episode. episode, which is just a lot of chest thumping and, and guns blazing, it's this gimpy 99 that really stands out that's a part of it too like right at the beginning of the episode kind of they come back and you see 99 he's like echo fives you know like he totally remembers him like how do you remember us like we're we're, we all look the same and he's like i remember all my brothers so at least like this the the brotherhood man the camaraderie there with 99 it's it's uncanny man like i know what you mean he's right yeah he's he's super supportive he loves his brothers, loves the clones. Like he's always rooting super hard for them, but also, well, he, they, and then they tell him Heavy died, and he just like shows them the medal. And like Heavy gave you his medal. Yeah, like he's like the whole time, like he's he's you know some of the arcs, some of the troopers in the first episode were kind of like bitching and moaning a little bit, and he's like, well, at least you have an opportunity. Like I never got mine, and so in this episode. He's spurring on his brothers, but he's also simultaneously looking for his opportunity to prove his worth. True. Well, he wants to help, and he does. Like he, he, he no doubt does. Like we get, uh, like ninety nine with the cadets, which is basically well, not only that. Like he, 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 he knows all the ways. Like he's the well, where he the armory the is. He's like a janitor, right? He, he knows every nook and cranny of that place. Yeah, and he, he takes them safely. They, they stock up. The the armory, but I I forgot because again because it's been so long since seeing this episode that it, this was like the Boba Fett version of the clones in the in, in this episode, like it was voiced by Daniel Logan. They've all got like the little Daniel Logan clone face. I had forgotten all about that, but ninety nine gets to kind of lead that little group, which and you know that that ends up being his sort of uh, contribution to the actual battle. And it was, yeah, it was, well, he's, he's he's got Rex and Echo with him as well, and Fives, and that those handful of cadets. Yep. Um, so, and uh, Obi Wan Anakin get into this episode as well, and, uh, and a big way. Yeah, big time. 
and it was just, you know we we needed some Jedi action in this arc, but it, it's it's I like how Obi well, not only that like Obi Wan's the man in this episode. He's on point twice, bro. Like from the beginning, the attack. There's something about the attack that doesn't make sense from space, right? They're like how do they think they're gonna invade this place with the amount of ships that they have, even though it's pretty crazy battle in the sky. Obi Wan's like something's not right, so they they kind of pull the exact same moves they did in the previous episode, which was actually two seasons prior, with the debris or meteors falling from the sky. Right, lands in the ocean, and they start the aqua droids start building assault craft underwater. Which was, yeah, which is kind of interesting, but he knows that, and well, then again, yeah, well, that kind of like I was like, okay, this I know this is uh, the device to kind of move things along so the Republic doesn't get decimated, but it was also it was very Thrawn. Of of Obi Wan to sort of deduce that nah that falling junk probably wasn't actually junk. Well, he, he that's that's what I'm saying. He's he was on point. He knows that there's something. There's an ulterior motive, and maybe the Force is telling him something as well. But you get to see the dyna- dynamic between him and Anakin at that point too. Like where he's trying to say like, yo, Anakin, something's going on down here. Like the battle. He's like the master. Uh, the battle's up here, master. Like and he's like, no, no, no. Like listen to me, you know. And mm-hmm. Nope, he won't listen. Just like Ahsoka won't listen to him. And I like how uh, Obi Wan sends Anakin to protect the DNA chamber. Yeah, you know, for sure, he knows. Well, and it's a you know it's a fair request, um, but it also keeps Anakin away from Grievous, as as they only really meet for the first like they definitely only meet for the first time in in uh, Revenge of the Sith. So they couldn't come face to face at all in this series. So I thought that was like, a, I thought that was cute. But there, there is more of a rivalry there too. Anyway, between Obi Wan and Grievous and Anakin and Ventress a bit. Yeah, like, like they they like many of the beats and lines of dialogue repeat, like from from Revenge of the Sith, repeat in this episode, and it's kind of weird to me. You know, whether it's words between Kenobi and Grievous, or like blade twirling that Kenobi saw when he when he faced off against uh, uh, Grievous on Utapau. It, it's, it is stuff that was almost like directly copied for reasons that kind of un, they're unknown to me. I don't get it, but whatever. Obi-Wan pretty much I mean, pretty much loses that fight, even though he, he pretty much won, but in the long run he, he, he escaped with his life. Luckily he He's got kind of like the same abilities that Ezra Bridger has in a way. Always bring it to Ezra. Oh, yeah, man. Very powerful Jedi. Very powerful Jedi. <laughs> uh, yeah, just able to communicate with animals and able to get that a oh, oh, Huawei thing there. Whatever it is. A Huawei. <laughs> the Huawei. Whatever. Huawei. Awa. Iowa. Awa. Iowa. Yeah. That's the one. But anyway, I, I found it kind of interesting too. Like, why do they want the DNA? Like, why not destroy the facility? What's so precious about the DNA of the clones? Make the army, I don't know, make their own army for the separatists? I, know, I thought that's kind of, I, I, again, it's, it's Palpatine pulling the strings behind everything anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, it's. Yeah, it's there's really not much point. In He's just sitting back laughing, getting reports from both sides. <laughs> <laughs> Got his popcorn, you know. Probably. 
<laughs> but again, like one thing that's really cool about this this whole arc, the Domino Squad. I mean, Echo and Five live, and they they live for quite some time. Like Five goes right to the bitter end, man. Like Five reaches oh, a really bitter, sad end, man, and it's sad. But they recur throughout the Clone Wars, and it's very interesting. And I thought that was it was very important for me to bring th- this up, you know, because you know, again, you, you see these guys throughout the series, and really spells out what being a clone trooper is, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, specifically for them, like, you know, they're made into full arc troopers in in this finale. But you like the idea no, is no, that it's the season episode two. It's the season premiere arc. Where are we? What are we talking about? Well, it's not a finale. It's like no, the finale of this particular arc, season three, okay. episode two. All right, like the, the, they're made into full-on arc troopers, you know, progressing very linear, linearly from a trainee to a rookie to the arc trooper. Like the progression was there, you know. Like granted, not, again, like it's done in twenty-two-minute episodes. Yeah, so. yeah, I know, I've, definitely. Like, but like they they, yeah. they do touch on things like where you know they don't work as a team, they don't have a strategy, they can't adapt. And then all those things get addressed in this finale uh, during the siege of, of Tipoka City. All that, like, yeah. all, they, they do adapt and they, they do have a plan. And so, yeah. And they, they become the best of the best, man. Like, right away, like, Rex and Cody are like, you guys can fight alongside us, like, any day, you know? Like, they make them part of the 501st right off the bat. The first mention of the 501st, I think. <laughs> Which is, well, again, another wah-wah moment. Yeah. <laughs> well, I you know like where that's going. Yeah, but Anyways, yeah, again, reaching art trooper status is huge. Yeah, it was. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it does speed along as Star Wars tends to do. But yeah, I thought I thought this was a really fun arc. Like it, revisiting this arc reinforced to me, um, or or I guess reminded me of how cool the clone aspect is in Star Wars, and like how how interesting they actually are as as people, individuals. And yes. You know, so I, I, you know, I think there's a tendency to write them off as uh, disposable cannon fodder, which was touched on in, in, in the first episode of the arc. Um, and, you know, they, to be fair, they do fill that role. Uh, but uh, they, they do bring up, like, the issues of morality and ethics of cloning and putting people on the firing line like this. And it's it's going to pick up again. I, I love that they're going to sort of uh, get into this morality of, of clones and the ethics of war and all this stuff in in season seven where in the trailer rex is questioning their their very existence you know how like without the war we wouldn't exist and that's i think that's super juicy and waiting to get ripped into i can't wait for them to to get into that kind of thing and it, like that sort of thing makes makes me want more stories about the clones in the form of comics or like those really successful uh line of of republic commando books like I, it makes me want them to not not canonize those but fire up that type of of line of novels again i'd love yeah, to seriously, see that. or give me give me give me rex wolf and and gregor how they meet up again after the after the fall of the, uh, the republic all day man i would love to to read that well, we might actually see that in season seven. True. It's possible. I mean, Siege of Mandalore, End of Order 66. We know from the Ahsoka novel that 
uh, Ahsoka. But and- Gregor, Gr- Gregor's still MIA at this point, right? The last time we see Gregory gets kind of like blown up in that uh, that diner or whatever, where he was like working as a dishy. Oh, and that with the Mieber Gaskin arc. Yeah, that's Gregor. That's why he's all like, Wee, I'm Gregor. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that impression on speed dial. <laughs> but you know, you know what it also does? Like it as a collector. It it's made me really regret not having a more urgency or a stronger focus on clones, like when they were on the pegs. Like now, I really regret not having Black Series Rex or Cody or Wolf or Fox. Like I now, it, it makes me want to go chase those guys down again. Which, I got them, which is unwise. All. Yeah, <laughs> how did you get Wolf? Who, yeah, g- who gave you a sweetheart deal on that? Me ma. No. <laughs> Who is you? <laughs> you? You cheating bastard. Hey, brah. <laughs> anyway, um, final words on this arc, anybody? Yeah, like I, I think you were pretty uh, on, nailed it on the head there. I think it really brings to the fore the individuality and the u- uniqueness and the dynamics of clones. And I think that's really important being the Clone Wars, you know, like, again, the movies kind of don't really play into that at all whatsoever. And uh, yeah, it's 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 really cool to get that peek behind the curtain, man. Well, yeah, and uh, you touched on it earlier in, in the episode, but like, we, he needs a bit more love here. Is is D. Bradley Baker? Like, how the Thank hell? Thank the maker for D. Bradley Baker. How do you do what he does? Like, I don't know how many individual clones he voices throughout these six, seven seasons, but to give each one of them a different accent or intonation or cadence to the way they speak or personality even sense of humor it's crazy he does such an amazing job it's he truly does he's he's really a wizard i mean when you look at his if you look at his credits on imdb there's probably not a day that goes by where he's not behind a mic somewhere like he is everywhere anyway uh, another great arc and you know not to say that there's, there's there's definitely other arcs and episodes that feature the clones heavily as well but this was definitely one of the good ones. And then as so yeah, it's two two of the episodes are on the the essential watch list there, the top twenty. Which ones did they pick? I think they put rookies and art troopers. See, I would have went I would have went yeah, that's the ones I would yeah, rookies and art troopers. I I'm glad they I, I love yeah, Clone Cadets though. Uh, <sighs> the first one was tough, man. I'm sorry, the first one was tough. And and for you know what, you the, know what it is in my head? I think I saw that episode when it premiered because I didn't really watch the Clone Wars back then. But I think I was like, "Oh, this is on, cool." So I think I don't know. I, think I might have that attachment to it, you know? Yeah. What, what, yeah. What were you it say, it smells like a Saturday night, man. You know what I mean? That episode <laughs> when it premieres, like you're in. That's the what your American Saturday night Gladi- smell like. The American Gladiator Stadium, man. Come on. All right. You all know right. what I mean? Explains a lot. What were you going to say, Carlos? I was just going to say, see, the thing for me, I don't have this attachment to the clones because most of them turn. Mm-hmm. And it's it's part of their programming and you can't really blame them. But but at the same time... Um, well, supposedly, from I think Kyle can vouch for this, <laughs> they, they feel it like... When they're killing their buddies, who they're Jedi, who they're they are actually friends with, they 
they know someone's controlling them, but they don't want to mentally do it. You know what I mean? Like, what am I doing? Like, and it's from that perspective too, it's really traumatizing for them. Sure. So that's, like, that's uh, true though, right? Com- Kyle? Like, com- coming from the guy who like is all up in the mercy killing, like, <laughs> yeah, no personal responsibility whatsoever. All good. Yeah. I actually, Corey, to, to be honest, like I do, I remember that being a thing where it's like, why am I doing this? I, but I can't stop myself. Um, I don't remember where that came from or if by extension, if it's still canon. Someone, someone listening does, whether it's Rick Nathan. or Nathan, somebody knows, <laughs> somebody knows where that, where that line of thought comes from and if it's still applicable. But, uh, it, it kind of, so when I was thinking about the arc that I'm going to do for next week, I, I, I've already settled on it. it the decision was kind of made for me. Um, hmm. I had a short list. I had three different arcs that I wanted to do and I was, how am I going to decide? So I, I had, I was looking at, uh, Ahsoka's departure as it, that, oh, yeah. that will probably dovetail right into season seven. Yep. And it's also a really good arc. Um, Darth Maul's revenge, which is, uh, you know, death watch and all that stuff. And Mandalore. And I was also going to do battle of Umbara. The Pong Krell stuff. Oh yeah, I was thinking about that one. That was on my short list. So I was it was split pretty evenly. Like I did not know which one I wanted to do. Uh so it's not gonna be Battle of Umbara. And I'll tell you why. It's because uh Dave from the Facebook group, Dave Hackerson, was you know, he he was he was commenting on our last week's episode about uh the Mortis Arc, and then he got he sort of t- started talking about clones. And so he he actually talked about how we should do the Battle of Umbara and then sort of summarized it, which means I don't have to now because I'll read Dave's summary because it's so perfect. And you'll see how it connects to uh, the arc that we just talked about. So of the Battle of Umbara arc, Dave writes, uh, in regards to other episode, uh, episode arcs for future discussions, I really believe the Umbara arc is one of the most important. First, it really shows the humanity of the clones trying to find some sense of purpose in a battle and ultimately war that hold little meaning. In addition, there is the interesting twist in that the clones choose to take out their Jedi commander for one, his blatant disregard for clone life, whom he views as less than human, and two, his treasonous behavior. This decision is an exercise of choice, which ultimately the chip in their mind deprives them of when Order 66 is issued. Cinematically, the photography and camera work done uh, evoke tons of Apocalypse Now, especially in the airstrike at the beginning during which the doors, this is the end, plays. Mm-hmm. And in that, <laughs> you know, two minutes of, of reading Dave's thoughts saves us from having to tackle it ourselves in an hour-long pod. So Dave, thanks for that, man. That was an excellent summary of one of the great arcs. Yeah, it's so that, that was today, right? I, I, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, was Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Yeah, I read it today. It was. Uh, I was like, yeah, man, that's that's what I want to hear. That that's the best of. I love the memes. I love the silliness, but some of the best stuff of the Facebook group happened right there. Yep, for sure. Like, the, there's stuff. some heady yeah. stuff in there. I love. I love that the the clones choose to take out a Jedi here. And then later on, they're 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 deprived of that choice. 
And Krell, too, he's such a good character, man, and powerful, too. He's like a bomb, man, when he, like, just comes down on them and they finally start, like, fighting. Like, with both lightsabers dual-edged. Like, Yeah, here's a guy, like, yeah, four arms, two double-sided sabers. Like, this guy's a machine. You'd almost seem like he's invincible. And if, well, if, if you, and if you ever, like, who, if you're... If you haven't watched Clone Wars before and you're just like, who's Ponkrell? Picture Dex- Dexter Jetster in Jedi robes and two double-sided sabers. And very good at what he does. Like, he's crazy. So I, I'm like, uh, Ponkrell versus Darth Maul. Who you got? I, I'm taking Ponkrell. Like, it's... It, and I, I don't even think it's fair. <laughs> the, guy's, the guy's absolutely nuts. Anyway. um. In the end, so next week we'll be talking about the Darth Maul's Revenge Arc. So that is Season 5, Episodes 14 through 16. So if you want to watch along with us, uh, that's what we're talking about next week. And uh, if you want to send in your thoughts for that episode, for that chat, do that. And we will read them on the podcast. Uh, but that will do it for this week's episode, guys. It's a little shorter than usual, but I'm perfectly fine with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, who who doesn't like getting to bed at a semi-reasonable hour on a Sunday? Not it's true. Not me. I'm perfectly fine with this. Um, anyway, that, that will do it. If you want to be a part of the podcast for, for the uh, Clone Wars chat or anything else, uh, send us your thoughts, your questions to tumblingsaber at gmail.com. Um, and don't forget to help us out. Share this podcast with your friends on social media or in person. Uh, leave us a review on, on Apple Podcasts. It's been a long time since we've read one. What does that say about us? Come on, guys. Let's get some reviews to read. Uh, and become a powerful friend on Patreon. Patreon.com slash TumblingSaber. Uh, become a great, powerful friend. We've got a couple episodes of Luminous Beings in the works. They're going to be dropping in the feed real soon. Big ones. Big, big episodes coming. So you, you'll want to be uh, on the on the uh, Tumbling Saber powerful friend train when those drop. Uh, so let's give a shout out to Rob Wade for endorsing this episode as part of the E14 Endorse program, which you can learn more about at Emotionally14.com. A lot of great podcasts here there that get endorsed. Uh, we're one of them. Our friends at the Nerd Room are another. And it's, it's, it's worth your time. Go check it out, Emotionally14.com, and tell Rob that we sent you. Uh, otherwise, you know, be sure to check out our friends at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Bunch of great podcasts, all run by fabulous people doing great work. Talking Star Wars week in, week out. Go check that out on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts as a podcast provider or our base on the web, which is... I think we kind of closed down the website because it wasn't getting much use. But now we've, we've been redirected to uh, our group and pages on Facebook. So you can jump, jump in there. There's good, bound to be some action there. So check that out. You'll learn more about the shows. You'll be able to connect with us all. And uh, we'd love to see you there. So with all that out of the way, gents, Carlos... Where are you on social media? On social media, I can be found at uh, the funny Carlos on Twitter and on Instagram, or at uh, carloscandidomusic.com, uh, my website, and uh, Carlos Candido, uh, sorry, C Candido Music on Twitter and Instagram as well. Now, I'm not going to skip over this week. <laughs> I'm, I'm breaking the streak. Everyone's going to get their outro this week. Corey, where can we find you? Come on, man. You know you can find me at Chop Rules with a Z.
Oh um, my god. <laughs> what a waste. <laughs> grow up, eh? But also grow up, eh? Look for that t-shirt coming up soon. Oh boy. Yeah, and don't forget if you if you if you really feel the need to wear some tumbling saber merch, you can get on that from February eleventh to thirteenth at thirteen dollars a shirt. That's a great price. I've, I don't know if I've ever seen it that low. So go check that out. Uh, just look us up on TeePublic. You'll find us. Or let me know and I'll give you the link. Uh, you can find me at Tumbling Saber on Twitter and on Instagram. And come check us out in the closed Tumbling Saber Facebook group. Uh, lots of action going on. Project Luminous is coming. We're going to get real busy in there with Clone Wars and with, with Project Luminous. So come check it out. we got a great Facebook group. Great little community building in there. Uh, so we'd love to see you there. And so that's going to do it, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and we will talk to you again next week. Uh, So have yourselves a great week, and may the Force be with you. Static draws me closer to your place Willing me through my dreams Fall away Signs blindly to the lines on your face, beating strong, drifting, not relive this dream over and over and over. And you rose
Running, why you running away, darling? Please don't.